Sound of Truth starts now. Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, as we seek to inform, inspire, and encourage you in your walk with Christ through engaging interviews of ordinary people in whom God is doing an extraordinary work. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited that you've chosen to join us. Friend, thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Sound of Truth Podcast Weekly Interview. This week we have a first here on Sound of Truth Podcast. This is the first time in our podcast history in which we've had a three-part interview. And so before we hear part three of my interview with Brandon West, I want to review where we've been with him. In the first part with Brandon, we heard his personal testimony of coming to faith in Christ, and we were introduced to his company, Fos Creative. In the second part of our interview, Brandon explained how Fos is a company that seeks to do business as ministry and what that looks like. In today's episode, part three, we're going to dig even deeper into this business as ministry concept. Now, why have I devoted three parts of this interview to Brandon? I feel that what he has to say is so significant. Brandon is a shining example of how an everyday Christian can take his faith into the marketplace. Far too often, we have separated our faith from our everyday lives, and we've sequestered the church to Sunday mornings for an hour or two. But Jesus said regarding us, his church, his people, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Jesus said that we, as the church, are to take Jesus everywhere, including our work. My prayer is that this interview with Brandon will stir current and future entrepreneurs to see business as a place to extend the influence of the church. Extend the kingdom of God. Spread the fame of the name of Jesus. If you haven't listened to the first two parts of this interview, I urge you to scroll down the episode list and listen to parts one and two, as well as listen to this one. And now, part three of my interview with Brandon West. Come on! So when it comes to your hiring, do you hire only Christians, or do you hire people who say, I want to be a part of that mission, and then you obviously share the gospel with them, et cetera? Where, where does that come to play in your hiring practices? It's a great question, and it comes up frequently in our hiring process. It comes up even more and more recently in our sales process with prospective clients. Um, not only is it illegal for someone to hire only Christians, it's unwise. Like business as a ministry, if, if we have go back to the care matrix for a minute, our team, our employees, clients, vendors, suppliers, our local global community, like they're the target. I want everybody. I, I, this is why you could have Jesus in a mission statement and still believe in and practice inclusivity. So we had a new team member join recently and on the, his start day, he came in. And he, he asked me after three hours of onboarding with me, he said, can I just be honest with you and ask a question? I said, absolutely, man. And he said, do you hire only Christians? I said, absolutely not. And he's like, well, do you expect people to be a Christian when they get hired? I'm like, no, not at all. And he's like, Phew! okay, good. Because I, I just thought you thought that I was a Christian. I said, no, man, I, I, knew, I knew that's not where your head was at. And he said, good, because last night I was talking with my wife and she said, this is before his first day. She asked him, you're not here right now. Where are you at? And he said, I'm already at FOS tomorrow. And she's like, why, why are you all up in your head about your first day tomorrow at FOS? And he said, I either made the best career choice of my life or I just made the worst professional decision of my entire, in my entire career. 
he said that he had shared Fosa's website with his family who were staunch atheists and they texted him back immediately like, did you see they had Jesus on their about page? Of course, mom, I saw that. I wouldn't be applying for this company if I read through their website. Well, what are you doing about that, son? And he said, Brandon, if I, if I strip out everything that's political and historical about Christianity, I'm forced to reconcile with a man, Jesus, and ask myself, as a result of this mission that Fos has to exemplify the love of Jesus, am I willing to get on board? And he said, again, strip out everything bad about Christianity. When I see this man, I see a love that I'm willing to exemplify. And I turned to him and I said, that's why you're here. Wow. It was an awesome, awful moment. He, he continued on in the conversation by saying, you know, what I love about Christianity is it, is it, it uh, per- presents a moral compass for people and changes their behavior. So, and I said, can I just stop you for a minute? I just want you to know I'm not a Christian so I can have a moral compass. In fact, I believe I don't need one. <laughs> That's what I think. Right. I don't need a moral compass. What I'm grateful for is a Savior who died to forgive the sins that I've committed my entire life, believing I never needed a moral compass. And now I'm a Christian out of affection and love for a Savior who died for that very reason. How did that impact him? I was encouraged by the end of the week, you know, we check in with people. How was your first week? What do you think? How are you feeling about being on the team? And um, he turned to us and he said, I couldn't be more excited to be a part of this team and this mission. When the mission could be threatening to someone's joy on a team, um, I couldn't be more excited to hear feedback like that. That's exactly what I would want to hear from every person on my team, no matter where they're at spiritually. Uh, We're working really hard to make sure that every person on our teams feels equally invited equally invited to the table of our mission, um, no matter where they're at. And uh, we're just grateful that they're there. We're grateful that they're willing to say, I want to be a part of this. And we're grateful for an opportunity to say, here's why we do what we do for an eternal purpose. So I'm just thinking about the Christian, Christian businessman or woman who is listening to this podcast and they're saying, yeah, but I'm afraid there's going to be conflict down the road. You're integrating the mission. You're, peop- you're lighting up and you're evaluating your employees based upon their spiritual impact. And, and they're, they're thinking perhaps somewhere down the road, you know, lawsuit. We're going to be sued because we're trying to shove Christianity or, or our morals or our values or our, our, instead of just doing the business itself. What would you say to that person? I watched a really cool video once of the CEO and founder of Hobby Lobby speaking to this same exact issue. And he told this amazing story of a Muslim on his team who couldn't participate in one of their food-related events from a culture perspective. And their love and their grace towards this person invited a gospel conversation in which that woman wound up accepting Christ and following Jesus. And when he was speaking with some of his legal team about some upcoming ministry initiatives, one of them came over to his office and told him, how could you possibly want to do this? Do you understand how much of a risk this will present to us as a company? And, and he turned to the man and told the story of this, this, this woman. And the man started weeping in his office. And he said, you, you understand like everything we do as a business is a risk. What other risk is worth taking than this one? And it's tough and it's challenging. And you're like, you know, we've never been about Jesus. We've always just had our head, our head in the sand. What do you do as a company? We install air conditioning units. No, but like, why do you do it? Head in the sand. We install air conditioning units. That's all we do. No, but like, do you stand for anything? 
we install air conditioning units. There comes a time where you have to ask yourself, am I being faithful with the platform that I have here in front of me? And each of us are given a gigantic platform if you are an entrepreneur or a business or a leader in an organization. The amount of time that we spend with the people we work with, both on a team perspective and a client perspective, is inordinate compared to the amount of time that we spend with our family, with our friends. And you look at all that time and you say, am I using this wisely for the kingdom of God? And if you're in a CEO role or a founder role, you're the person who started this company or this, this organization or this team that you're working on, like you get to control this. You get to invite this into the, the offices that you work inside of. Like people are looking up to you. People are respecting you. And when you bring that message with love, people will listen. Um, and some people may blow out, but the other ones are going to come and say, what must I do to be saved? And you're going to get to point them to the Savior. And we've seen that happen at both. We've seen people come to know Jesus and start their relationships through programs that we've developed at both. And after the first one got saved, I basically turned to my wife and said, folks can die now if it needs to. Um, we did what we were meant to do. You made mention of Compassion International, so you have a relationship with them in terms of supporting that ministry. Are there any other ministries that FOS is particularly involved with that you want to share about? Yeah, you know, I think my personal mission in life, the more I've sought to try and clarify that the past two and a half years, I think it's to fund gospel-centered ministry through marketplace leadership, uh, pastoral leadership in the marketplace. Um, But I think it's really interesting in pursuit of business as a ministry, a lot of business owners consign themselves to philanthropy and say, like, I'm done. I've done my duty. Like, this is what I did. Maybe your team doesn't even know you do that. You just give in secret and think like, this is what God wants me to do with my business. He just wants me to tithe. And I'm grateful for how we've been able to clarify our financial offerings at those. But business as a ministry goes so far beyond that. It's where your accounts receivable is now a part of your ministry strategy when you're reaching out to people. It's when your organizational development plans are wrapped around ministry. Over the past few years, we have tried to stay in pursuit of financial generosity, which we do believe is at the heart of uh, Christian discipleship and Christian entrepreneurship. Um, We've decided that there are two big organizations we were going to support, Compassion International and Created Gainesville. Created Gainesville, their mission is to reach and restore women whose lives have been impacted either by uh, sexual exploitation or directly from sex trafficking right here within our city. You'd never believe it is happening. And Florida is number three in the entire United States for the amount of sex trafficking that's happening. Um, And the more and more we've tried to clarify who we're reaching, who's God calling us to, women and children impacted by extreme extreme poverty or sex trafficking. And we find those two needs fulfilled most acutely in Compassion International and Creative Gainesville. That's beautiful. If you could summarize your philosophy of business as ministry, what would you say? Business as a ministry is, is an owner and a leadership team commitment to exporting gospel-centered love through the operations, organizational development, revenue generation, financial management of the company. It's, it's, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no solid lines that separate them. They're dotted lines that say different part of what we do, but all for this one mission. Um, doesn't mean your mission statement has to include God doesn't mean that your mission statement has to have the word Jesus inside of it. Um, Martin Luther has this really famous quote about a Christian shoemaker not needing to put a cross on all of his shoes, that God is glorified just in excellent service, and I believe that. But the question is, with the people you have influence with, in and through your company, 
how are you using that to further an eternal purpose and a kingdom mindset? Brother, that's fantastic. And I think that's a good spot to end. Brandon, it's been great having you on Sound of Truth podcast. I'm excited about what God is doing in your life, what he's done, and I appreciate your friendship. So hopefully you are going to be publishing a book, and I want to bring that to our audience's attention as well. You're currently writing a book. You shared with me you're about 30% into that process right now. And tell us just 20 seconds, 30 seconds of about this book you're writing. Pending title. What's on my heart is the entrepreneur who says, I've reached all my goals in life. I have the money I need. I have the influence I've always wanted. I have the team. And they're, they're asking, like, what's next? What, what does success look, look like that actually matters in eternity? And I think there's a lot of burnt out, overworked um, entrepreneurs who are being applauded publicly by our culture for their overwork and exhaustion. But, but God is asking the question, are you investing in a success that actually matters in eternity? So this is a leadership-centered book, um, working hard on it. Can't wait to uh, see how the, the public will, will respond to some of what I've written. Outstanding. Do you have a, a projected publication date? <laughs> You're wanting me to commit publicly for the sake of accountability. Uh, no, that's not really I'm, it. I'm just curious. I'm not going to hold you to it, okay? This is just a pure guesstimate, okay? Let's call it that, a guesstimate. I'm ex- I was excited to learn recently that C.S. Lewis would not publish any book until two years after he had finished it with the stated desire that I want to make sure that it's just as relevant and true and I believe it as much two years after I completed it. I- I've been working on the book now for about a year and a half. Um, and it would be my great hope that within the next year, I'd be able to finish that first manuscript um, and get it published and out to the public. Within a year or, or a couple of years from now, you're saying? And within one year from now, that, that would be my, my goal right now. Okay. You know, if you're writing a book about faithfulness, you have to work on it faithfully. That's true. And it's not just about making sure you have time for it, but making sure that your time for it is still set in motion with margin. And so um, doing this with uh, faithfulness, making sure that my team is not affected by the, t- by the amount of time I have to put in it, my family, my marriage, my children uh, are not affected by the amount of time that I have to invest in it. So we've done a lot of cool things and creative things as a, as a family to figure out how we can do this on vacations that my wife likes going on and just making a fun time of it. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us, Brandon. And let's just uh, close here with a quick word of prayer. Father, I thank you for Brandon, for Fos Creative, for his family, for his work family as well. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what we've learned from him. And we pray that this would be used to impact others in how they think about business and work. In Jesus' name, for his glory and for our good. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Marani, 2022.